Let's talk about Medi-Cal. You have a choice, and Molina makes it easy, especially when it comes to the care you need. So let's talk about you, about making your life easier, about extra help to manage your health. Let's talk about your needs now and for the future. Nobody knows Medi-Cal better than Molina. It starts with a phone call. Call 866-420-5330 or visit meetmolinaca.com. Let's talk today. Blog Talk Radio. Hello, this is Tessa Rose, and welcome to A Seat at the Table. Pull up a chair, join me at the table to discuss the latest news and gossip. So last week, it was a hectic week for the residents in Texas due to severe winter weather conditions, which caused power outages, frozen pipes, icy roads, water damage in the homes, and a lack of resources and help from their local government. One mayor there, Tim Boyd, he cracked under pressure. He posted a very insensitive message in which he scolded them for asking for help. Like, who does that? He called them lazy and basically told them stop whining and and help themselves. Like, he said something about swim or sink. Um, And I had a few questions. Why was he so unhinged? Did he read the post before he posted it? Or was he so far gone in his anger, he lost any sense of self-decency? No self-discipline at all. Did he get someone else to read the post? You know, sometimes if you proofread your post, you might just, you know, you just might catch yourself and say, no, I'm not going to post that, especially when you are angry. Maybe maybe I shouldn't post this, but that takes self-discipline even when you are under the pressure. I suppose no one else was around to talk him down. Oh, maybe, maybe, or maybe he just didn't care. So what response did he think he was going to get from that post? Did he think he was going to be praised as a hero? Like, that's right. You tell him, Tim, why I ask you for help? You are the mayor and we elected you to do nothing. Like, where are your accountability partners? Or just maybe you all are on this one and the same. Then there's Ted Cruz the Republican senator from Texas, he decides to cruise off to Cancun with his family. Did you really think you could fly under the radar to Cancun, Raphael, while your constituents are in a crisis situation and we are all still in this pandemic? And then his excuse was, oh, my daughters begged me to take them on this trip. I was just going to make sure they get there safely and I was coming right back. Lies, lies, lies. Again, no accountability partners, just a circle of complicit people. And talking about complicity, a school board of trustees in California school district were bashing parents in a virtual meeting. The officials thought the meeting was private, but it was live streaming to the public. They made some very offensive comments about the parents in that school district. And then one official on the board realized, hey, guys, uh uh-oh. We're public. And it was so funny because the other lady, she said, nah, you're up on the summer jam screen, lady. It's a live concert here. So they all resigned. Like so much for accountability partners, right? So here's some tips on Zoom meetings. Since we're all in this pandemic, you know, make double, triple check your settings, camera status, mute buttons, 
private and public settings. Due to the pandemic, there are more virtual meetings and people need reminders, maybe even training in these Zoom and virtual meetings. There is a cancel culture on social media, folks, and there's also cancel culture via technology. It be your own phone devices, laptops, etc., that will expose you. So I suggest not holding any sidebar conversations before or right after a meeting. Keep your thoughts in your head. Don't let it come out of your mouth. At this point, make sure your devices are not even in listening, listening distances if you are venting and talking about people. You know, so let's get it together in this age of virtual meetings and people, you know, getting caught up in these meetings. So this is Black History Month, and all things are not going black history with some of the incidents going on in this month. I do have a book recommendation. It's The Color of Law, and the author is Richard Rothstein. The book is about the history of racial segregation through redlining. The author discusses the government policies responsible for racial zoning, public housing, and the creation of the suburbs for whites only, and the institutions who benefited from these policies, how the police and prosecutors upheld these standards, and how these policies, policies still have influence in our urban cities today. So I learned a little black history fact about the area that I live in. Um, I used to ride, I've been living in this area for like 20 something years, but I live 15 minutes from where I live now. And I used to to, um, travel back here on the back roads to my job back in the day. And I always roll back here and I'm looking at the houses and I'm saying to myself, what do these people do? Because I want to do what they do because these houses are so, you know, they're mansions. So um, we get a social magazine in this area and this month's issue The author, one of the authors who resides in this area, wrote about her family's history as slaves. So I was like, wow. So in the early 1800s, um, I refer to the area as the Valley. The Valley was adorned with mansions owned by high society residents. And after the Emancipation Proclamation in 1863, four million slaves were freed in Confederate-held territories in the United States. However, Article 24 in the Maryland State Constitution officially declared slavery illegal in Maryland in 1864. The former slave owners in this area or in the valley offered the free slaves land and built them a church as an incentive to stay in Maryland to work for them. The church also was used as a two-room schoolhouse for black students until a schoolhouse was built for blacks beside the church in 1920. Free black slaves remained as the maids and butlers for the wealthy families in the valley. And a few descendants of the original African-American residents still live here. All of the other families have sold their property and moved on to another community. So now I know some history about this area and to shed some light and put things in perspective about, you know, the history of this place back here. So that was, that was informative for me to learn as a, a, a black history fact. So um. I'm going to to discuss now some tips on what successful people do. Um, I'll give credit to Jim Collins. He's the author of Good to Great, so that's another book if you're interested in that. He suggested that instead of to-do lists, we should make stop-doing lists. So here are seven things the most successful people say no to on a regular basis, and perhaps you should too. Number one. They say no to opportunities. 
Oh, my cards are messed up here. So my notes are messed up here. So give me a second while I locate that information. I can't play no music right now because of copyright laws. So I'll... Okay, so number one, they say no to opportunities and things that don't excite them, speak to their values, or further their mission in life. Number two, they say no to superficial networking events in which people swap business cards and never hear from one another. Why? Because successful people don't network, they build relationships. And that's important. You know, you build, you have a network, but you build relationships. And also wasting people's times, just going somewhere, meet just to be meeting, and nothing comes out of the, out of the meeting. I'm a very results-oriented person. If I'm investing my time, I expect some type of return on my investment or, you know, my time not wasted. Number three. They say no to spending time with uninspiring, critical, or negative people who drag them down. Time is precious. Choose a small circle of people who will energize you and challenge you to be better. There you have it. Time is, you know, very valuable. You don't get that back. Number four, they say no to overworking. While it's true some successful people and many entrepreneurs put in 60 to 80 hours per week, Very successful people aren't workaholics who neglect self-care and family. They recognize that if they can't take care of themselves, everything else suffers. So take care of yourself, your mental health, your physical health, because you're no good to anyone else. Number five, they say no to doing all the work. This comes down to one word, delegation. Number six, they say no to giving the stirring will of life to anyone else. You got to keep control of your time and you can't unless you say no. You can't let people set your agenda in life. And number seven, they say no to people pleasing. Successful people don't neglect their deepest wishes and desires to accommodate and yield to others' wishes and desires. So there you have it, the seven things that successful people say no to. And take that into accountability as you set goals and pursue your dreams. So that is all I have, and hopefully you all have a great evening, and join me next time at the table for the next episode. Bye-bye. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.